If you'll turn in your Bibles, I'd like to read from the Song of Songs, Song of Solomon. I love the flow of the Holy Spirit that we've had for the last couple of days. For, for a preacher, it means you don't know what you're going to talk about until you get up there. Hallelujah. I thought I knew before this meeting, but now I do know. Okay, Song of Songs. And it's always for us, you know, the Lord wants to uh, speak a now word to his people. The Song of Solomon, as it may be called in your Bible, is really the Song of Songs. Shir HaSharim are the first words of, the, of this prophetic song. And uh, it means there's no other song like it. And uh, there's never been a song written that can totally compare with the Song of Songs. It's about the bridegroom and the bride. We are being formed into the bride without spot or wrinkle. You know that. But this is a prophetic song to the nation of Israel. Rabbis have known it for years. Sages have written about it. They believe it is a song of the Messiah coming for the Jewish people. Now they're right. Because all Israel is going to be saved. They just don't know he's Jesus yet. But as we look at a couple of scriptures here, you apply them to your heart. It's all about intimacy with Jesus. But then think, imagine when the Jewish people see who it is. And this song becomes the anthem of our nation. So, uh, Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 4. This is the bridegroom speaking. Oh, my love, you are as beautiful or pure as Tirzah, lovely as Jerusalem, awesome as an army with banners. I want to talk to you about the warrior bride. We've been talking a lot about the bride, praise God. <laughs> but there's a warrior bride. I happen to be married to one of them. And uh, we met Brenda, and she's one of them. <laughs> They're the one new bride. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but when you get a little taste, a little glimpse of how much Jesus loves you individually. Look what it says, verse 5. Turn your eyes away from me. They have overcome me. Do you, you realize that when you really look at Jesus, he's overcome with your love. This is a bridal relationship. When my wife came around the corner of that house at our wildly charismatic wedding, out of doors in the backyard of the pastor's home in a Jewish neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York, with rabbis looking over the fence on Shabbat and a fiddler on the roof and angels singing and all the rest of it. 
But I was dazzled by my wife, hallelujah, and her Jewish father, praise God, brought, handed her to me, you know, and it was wonderful. And it gets more wonderful. But this is when you turn your eyes to Jesus. He's undone. I mean, what kind of love is this? She says, turn your eyes away from me. He's saying, I can't take it anymore. This is Jesus speaking to you. I mean, the love affair that Jesus has for us that we need to be reciprocating to him. It says here, those people that love him like this will be an awesome army with banners. In Hebrew, it means a terrifying army with banners, terrifying to the enemy. When some bridal saints get together and the warrior bride comes together, especially of Jew and Gentile, and you, we get in our ranks and our right places in, in this deep, growing, bridal love relationship with Jesus, there is awesome power that is released for Great Britain or for Israel or for London or any place that the enemy has taken captive. It's, it's, it's a, the word means a dread that is inspired by an army. So we're called to be an army of the bride. Yes, yes, it all begins with individual intimacy with Jesus. But when we corporately come together, like Brenda said, God only knows what's been happening in the heavenlies or what's been happening in Israel, what's been happening in your nation, because bridal incense has been going up to the throne room of God. God is looking for a passionate bride who will get in ranks in the army of the Lord and great, great power, awesome power, it says here, is released. You know, with one look of your eyes, you ravish his heart. That's what it says twice. One look of it. In Hebrew, it means his heart starts beating faster. So we need to look at him more. Amen? <laughs> but so many saints, so many believers, you know, they're, they don't have time. They, they do this and they do that. And, but the whole secret is getting deeper and deeper in your intimate love relationship with Jesus. Turn to Jeremiah 31 for a moment. There's a warrior bride that the Lord is raising up in these days. I want to be part of it. Now, I know you probably wouldn't be here unless you wanted to be part of it. It's wonderful to get to know so many. I was telling Karen, so wonderful to be with British people who love the Lord with abandon, which seems so un-British. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe I haven't lived here long enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Jeremiah 31, verse 31, you all know this. The days are coming when I will cut a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, verse 32, by covenant which they broke though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. Jesus is a husband to the Jewish people. And the majority of them broke his heart. But now, the Jewish bride 
is coming in. Can you imagine the heart of Jesus seeing Jew after Jew after Jew after Jew, accepting him as the fulfillment of the Song of Songs, the bridegroom? The agony that he has been through, the long suffering that he's been through, or the, the end time, I call it the adulterous church. Some would call it the apostate church. The church that is supposed to know him, or maybe has known him to some degree, and turns away and rejects him, or plays church and only has a lukewarm relationship with him. This adulterous church, you know, James wrote about it. He said, adulterers and adulterers, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? And so much of the church just brings the world into the church. We're supposed to be taking the church out and conquering the world. And the opposite happens in many places. And the spirit, you know, he who desires to be a friend of the Lord makes himself an enemy of God. A friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And this is written to the church. James is writing to the, the believers. The spirit that dwells, the spirit who dwells within us yearns jealously. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Have you felt the jealousy of the Holy Spirit? I mean, have you? I have. If I do something that I know is just not right with the Lord, the Holy Spirit quickens me right away. That needs to get right. He's jealous for my relationship with him because I want to be part of this warrior bride. I don't want to be slipping toward the backslidden or the, or, or the compromised church. Now, there is a passive spirit of this age. And I'm going to read you a prophecy that I gave that's been published and gone abroad. And the hour of capitulation. This is how the Lord gave it to me. And it was, it was recorded. This is the hour of capitulation, the hour of ceasing to resist. The hour of capitulation against the end time rising flood of deception and evil being spewed out by the serpent. The hour of capitulation of political systems, religious systems, educational system, modern, modern towers of Babylon of political unions, godless secular humanism and the false spirituality of the new age and a, and a new world order. This, this spirit of capitulation has infected even the evangelical church. But the Lord will have a people who will stand with him and will not be swept away. Will the church in Europe be silent again at this critical hour? The Trojan horse is in your gates. It's called Islam. And capitulation after capitulation, you know more about it than I do. It's, it's stunning when you read about it. And we pick it up in the Israeli newspaper sometimes. Political correctness. But it's, it's, it's worse than that. I believe it's the spirit of fear that's still on Europe that wouldn't deal with, wouldn't stand up against Hitler. I praise God for, for the stand, Dunkirk. And I praise God for the Battle of Britain and the things that were, were done that were so, so courageous. But once again... Well, he will beautify these meek ones with salvation. This is the bridal warriors. 
Those who are in a bridal relationship with him will do exploits. In the middle of all this capitulation and all this fear and all of this passivity, these bridal warriors will, overco will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and will not love their lives even unto death. These bridal warriors, this warrior bride, will drink freely of the waters of life. These will be his end-time water bearers, bringing truth, love, and healing to the nations. By these ones, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, this spirit of passivity. I was in a hotel room somewhere, oh, maybe a year or so ago, and uh, happened to see a, a, a documentary on how Europe capitulated to Hitler. I mean, it was it just, you know, it was only about an hour long, but showed the highlights of the decisions that were made. And uh, I, 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 I started to, to just get this grief come upon me, feeling, don't tell me that this is going to happen again. The church has got to stand with God's purposes for the Jewish people. You have got to do it. You have got to preach it, praise it, prophesy it, tell people, give them the tapes, get on your knees for them. It is what will bring the revival that God really wants to send. He wants to send a great awakening here. That the church will wake up and arise and shine and do exploits. And it's this warrior bride that will do it. The shameful church. The silent church. It's a sick church. Corrupt. Compromised. It turns my stomach when I even just read about it occasionally in a Christian magazine or, you know, I'm, we live in Israel, so we don't hear a lot of the stuff that goes on in America and the West and all the rest of it, you know, but we do hear some of it. Prayerless, powerless, paralyzed church, anesthetized by the enemy. A church that has a reputation that it's alive, but it's dead. Those are the words of Jesus. And that happened a generation after that church was born. Lukewarm, you know, a lukewarm church means it was hot at one point and then cooled off. No passion, nice, quiet, passive, respectable, tolerant of everything. We serve the same God as the Muslims. The moon god of Mesopotamia who says he has no son. How could a Christian believe that? But you, that's, that's what you hear. That's, that's what people, let's have ecumenical meetings with Muslims and Christians and rabbis and we all agree together and we'll bring peace by just saying I care about you. And, and let's bring new age festivals into cathedrals and on and on and on. Well, Jesus is not there. He's, he's moved his, his candlestick. I have another word here that I haven't given yet, but I'm going to give it here. I believe we're moving into a year of the recompense of God for the cause of Zion. Because of the capitulation, because of the passivity of not having the spirit of Elijah to take a stand for God against the unrighteousness.
God says he will recompense nations as well as people. He will pay them back, repayment. The word in Hebrew is it's the word we, we use for, for paying bills incrementally. He will pay back people and nations for the cause of Zion, for what they do to Israel. You see, God judges Israel. He will make a full end of the nations, according to Jeremiah 30, but he will judge, he will judge Israel in measure. Now, the gospel is to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, but tribulation is to the Jew first. We don't like to hear that. The Lord did it. The Lord does these things. But when nations then go beyond the boundaries of how the Lord is disciplining the Jewish people, woe to that nation. And the recompense of God for the cause of Zion. God is judging Israel. And I believe there's something hanging in the balance with this thing that, that the American government is trying to pull off in, in Annapolis. If this thing goes through, God forbid, and that land is divided, near where I live, our nation will be nine miles wide. You'll be able to drive across it in less than 10 minutes with an enemy sworn to drive us into the sea and the destruction of the Jewish people, a demonic, an entity, that, an enemy that is energized by demonic powers and principalities of darkness that want to destroy the Jews. So if your nation, whether it's Tony Blair or the EU or whatever, is in this confederacy with America and the others, God is going to repay, is going to send recompense to your nation for the cause of Zion. It's up to the church. The church can make a difference. If there is a warrior church, a bridal warrior church who stand for truth and righteousness and real peace in Jesus Christ, the peace process is Jesus. The roadmap is Isaiah 19. There's a highway of holiness from Egypt through Israel all the way down into Iraq where the Lord is moving all along. That's the Lord's roadmap. And Arab Christians know it, and, and they embrace God's purposes for Israel, and we embrace God's purposes for them. But if the church doesn't preach it, if the church doesn't stand up and be counted, it's an army of the warrior bride, bridal warriors, spotless before the Lord, in intimacy with Jesus, waving their banners. These banners... A banner is a standard. It means where you stand. When I was in the United States Marine Corps, we had a standard. And it meant when we saw that flag, we got to that flag and we charged there and whatever. But the standard, we fought hard for. We worked hard. We wanted to be the best. We were in competition with the other platoons. We had to run faster. We had to run harder. We had to climb faster. We had to learn how to fight and defend ourselves and defend the nation more. A standard is when you are called into a place, and there's the standard. The standard is Jesus Christ. It's the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. And the standards of much of the church, the passive, lukewarm church, have drooped and fall there at half-mast, or they're on the way down. 
So we need to lift the standard and be an awesome army with banners. Woo, hallelujah. This is where we stand. We stand on the word of God. We stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. We are the two olive trees, the, 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 the menorah, the, the, the candlestick, the golden candlestick with the seven branches is, is the church of Jesus Christ in the last days, according to Revelation chapter 1. He said it himself. But it needs Jew and Gentile standing together for the purposes of God for the whole world. It costs everything. In Britain, oh, we, you know, we're on the airplane and the BBC comes on. And you want to throw up 15 minutes of lies and not one word of truth from anybody on the other side of, you know, there's two sides to this thing. And the enemy's lying about it. And these young reporters, they don't know the history anyway. I mean, they don't know the Bible, but they don't even know what happened and how it got that way. God punishes Zion, but God punishes the nations for what they do to Zion. It's the recompense of God for the cause of Zion. If you want to study it, it's in Isaiah 34, verse 8. This warrior bride, enough about the adulterous bride, the passive bride, the bride whose standards have dropped, the bride who's not lifting the standard of what living in the kingdom of God is all about. Let's go back to song, Song of Songs, chapter 6 again. Song of Songs, chapter 6. You know, let me just say this. Those of us that are Israeli citizens, Israel, we're married to the land. That's what Isaiah 61, 8 says. We're married to the land. And for someone to come in and start cutting off huge pieces of it and give it to the enemy that is sworn to destroy us, God will not tolerate that. One time I got an email from a man who runs a prayer ministry in some nation. And he said, are you contending for the land? Or are you possessing the land? And I wrote back and said, both. It's a battle for the land. And the Lord has called us to repossess it so that his purposes can be worked out on the land of Israel. The most important being that the Messiah comes back to the Mount of Olives and he's not coming back to a Muslim state. Okay, enough about the adulterous bride, the passive church. Let's go back to the warrior bride. I, Let's look at Song of Songs, chapter 4, verse 9. You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes. Isn't this 
Isn't this glorious? Hallelujah. This Look, when you know that, and it's experiential, and you have just, I like what, what Brenda said the other day. We used to call them devotions. Now we call them quiet time. Devotions means, you know, we're, you know, Paul said, I'm devoted in prayer. I'm devoted to prayer. But adoration, I mean, real time with the Lord until something happens. Some of those great old men of God used to write about prayer, pray, prayer said, pray until you pray. You know? And there's a lot of truth in that. Until you really have an encounter, till your dialogue happens, and you hear from the Lord, and you get something, and something happens in, in our prayer times. We ravish his heart. My wife fights for her secret place. She did it this morning. We spent a lot of time in hotel rooms, it seemed, recently. But in our house, we each have our prayer closet. And... Um, so she said, I, I'm going to shut in with the Lord. So I, I was in taking a shower, I guess, or shaving or something. And I came out, and uh, I didn't see her. And I thought, well, I know she didn't go out. She was wrapped in the curtain. She said, I'm in here. Oh, okay. I'm in the secret place. So you can get in the secret place in a little hotel room. Hallelujah. But it's in the secret place. When Elijah sat at the brook, look, God is more interested in your personal life than he is in my, I almost said professional, it's not professional anymore, in my public life. He wants to deal with, you know, it's, it's about the messenger more than, it's about the, for me, it's about the messenger more than the message. I got to live it, it's got to be me before I can open my mouth and say it. And I got a long way to go in this, in this song of songs. She was soaking in it when I met her. The night I met her, and we were in a restaurant in New York, and I looked at this Jewish woman. She was telling me about her love affair with Jesus and quoting the song of songs. And, how, and I sat there, and I said, she's not interested in me. She's interested in him. She was sitting there with her African-American spiritual mother. They lived together in a tiny little closet of an apartment in New York City. Mother Jackson was just smiling, looking at us. The Lord had already told Mother Jackson that Karen and I were going to get married. And I was the last one to know, you know. And she was just smiling. And I looked at Karen, and the Lord said, this is your wife. But she was in love with Jesus. And she worked in fashion industry and all that. And she'd come into the office and they'd say, Karen is so happy. Do you have a new boyfriend? And Karen said, it's Jesus. And they went, what? She's a Jew. But it's this love affair with Jesus. And the, war the warrior bride is being raised up all over the world. And she is awesome as an army with banners that puts dread in the heart of the enemy. When we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, when we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, you do know he's an unclean spirit, don't you? Among other things, he can't be near it. You want to do spiritual warfare? Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. 
The, de the demons flee. One time we had these all-night praise meetings up on Mount Carmel. One time we were, the Lord does wonderful things up there. One time the Lord started prop, there was props about rain, and we were all dancing around with umbrellas, and the next day it rained, and all kinds of stuff. And so, so you, ever, you ever been in a wonderful sanctuary with a lot of crazy people dancing with umbrellas, and then the next day it rained? Hallelujah. And we were praying, and I, had the, I saw chariots of fire going across Mount Carmel. And as I prayed, and as they, 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 they hesitated, I don't know if they were on assignment or not. These chariots of fire, and I think they're seraphim. They're fiery angels, these horses that are drawing these chariots that are on fire. And they're war wagons. You know, they're the enemy. The Lord sends them out when he's got heavy-duty stuff to do. And uh, Elisha, when you read about Elisha and, and, and the uh, chariots of fire, I used to think it was all around the mountain. Okay, you read it carefully. My wife is saying, hurry up and shut up and finish. <laughs> the, the chariots of fire were all around Elisha. Elisha, however you say it here. You go back in 2 Kings 6. Why? The chariots of fire were all around that one man. As I watched those chariots of fire, you know what happened? They stopped. They hesitated. They came back. And they all started sailing around our worship center on the top of Mount Carmel. And the Lord said, I've sent these to guard and to open the heavens of Mount Carmel. They were warring angels. But there was bridal incense going up. Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 5. Turn your eyes away from me, for they have overcome me. Verse 6. You have come from washing. Everyone bears twins, and none is barren among them. Bridal warriors, you will birth children in the spirit. You will birth followers, those that are hungry, those that are thirsty, those who want more of Jesus. They'll just be drawn to the bridal warriors. The army will grow and grow and grow. Those that don't want it, they'll move on. But those that want it, they will, it will just continue growing. Look at verse 8. There are virgins without number. Virginal, young people, old people, walking in the beauty of holiness, a bridal army of warriors, and they're without number. So no matter whatever happens to the apostate church, no matter whatever happens because of the spirit of capitulation on the church and on the, on the nation and uh, on the world, in the midst of it, there will be this glorious bridal warrior army of, of people that love the Lord with their whole hearts. Look at verse 10. When, who is she who looks forth as the morning? Isn't morning wonderful? You ever watch morning? It's dark and the sun comes up. All the darkness flees. The light comes. This bridal army will be like the morning. In all the deep darkness that covers the earth, there will be this light of dawn coming up on these bridal warriors all in ranks in the last days. Fair as the moon. Moon in Hebrew means white, the word for Lebanon. Beautiful, pure, day spring. They will be clear. They will be as clear as the sun. They will be radiant. They will be an awesome army of banners, and they will be terrifying to the enemy. Let's stand.